IntelliKey Leadership Stories with your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our website, pureintellikey.com. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Hello again, friends, and welcome back to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. I'm Mark Stenson. I'm here with Kirsten Gouldy today. Hello, everyone. This is Kirsten Gouldy with Pure IntelliKey. Nice to see you again, all. Yeah, or talk great. to you all, well, or listen to you all, whatever hey, it is. <laughs> in 2021, we're happy to be all in the same room in right, a right. virtual setting that we can. So thanks for coming along to our podcast. We're, we're going to continue our conversation that we have each and every episode to talk about how we can excel, yes, in business, but also how to elevate to our true human potential and even more to our soul's purpose. And that's what IntelliKey is all about. We're just so happy today to have as our guest, Amy Lynn Durham. Amy Lynn, welcome to the program. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. And I was telling Kirsten, if anyone has a title that was so apropos and fitting to our podcast, it's Amy Lynn. Her title is a corporate mystic. She is a CEO and founder and executive coach at Create Magic at Work and an author of the book of the same title, Create Magic at Work. Uh, we're just so interested to hear some of those principles, some of those practices that uh, you write about. So Amy Lynn, tell us about some of the consulting and leadership development that you're doing with your company. So currently, what I'm really working on is the 21 skills associated with spiritual intelligence. It's called SQ21. And it's sort of the next step from emotional intelligence. And as a lot of us that have worked in the corporate world or the corporate space, we've heard EQ kicked around quite a bit. And that's sort of the space that most people hit in their adult development when they're in their early 20s. It's kind of where you can have compassion for others. Your brain is actually in that space. There's exceptions because we're all human. But for the most part, that's the point where EQ, you can really develop it. And then the next step from EQ is SQ. It's sort of the top of the pyramid. If you compared, like, if you think of Maslow's hierarchy, and then if That's you, funny. I was just talking about that this morning. Oh, you are? <laughs> so perfect, okay, perfect. timing. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. perfect timing. <laughs> there you go. So kind of think of it that way. And with deep change and with spiritual intelligence, they just, they have this pyramid where the, the foundation of it is PQ, which is physical intelligence. The next is IQ. And then the next is EQ. And then the top of it is SQ. So that's sort of how I start out describing it to people. And it's really important in the workplace because when you develop it, it helps you put your ego and your day-to-day -day concerns aside and sort of operate from a more big picture view if you're a leader. Very interesting. Because we don't often think of self-realization, that top of that pyramid, you know, as a workplace objective, do we? No, yeah, very true. I think a lot of the spaces, and I, I mean, I don't want to generalize or judge, but a lot of the spaces I've seen have been more the top of the pyramid is how much money can we make and how fast can we do it and how hard can we work our people mm -hmm. <laughs> in some organizations. Uh, there's starting to be a little more of an awareness around mm -hmm. why it's important uh, to have these skills. And I think one of the the biggest things was there wasn't hard data that you could tie to it, right? That someone could look at. But now we're starting to see data coming out 
that is supporting this stuff. I always talk about pre-COVID, Harvard Business Review came out with an article about the loneliest workers in America. And they said that people are feeling burnt out, not because of their workload, but because they're lonely. And loneliness equates to smoking 15 cigarettes a day as far as healthcare costs go. Well, that's a big cost to companies, right? People that don't feel connected in the workplace leave their job. That's a big cost. Attrition in a company is huge when you have to hire and retrain people. So I think people are starting to see the value in this and why it's so important and why it's a win-win, why it improves profitability and productivity in the workplace. Mm. So, okay. I, this is really, I love this conversation, <laughs> right? Cause this is breaking the barriers. We're going to take woo woo and mystic and, <laughs> you know, break it down into practical application. And I'm a shamanic practitioner, you know, by practice and a mystic most of my life and have been a C-suite executive. Love it. And it, historically the two have not interacted, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I'd be at a shop, you know, doing tarot and working with people and soul development and shamanic healings. And then I'd be, you know, sitting on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, you know, talking to our investors, you know, in the same weekend, it could happen. What are you finding? Is this a real barrier to breakthrough? You're not dancing around the topic. You're not using terms like mindfulness. You have Metatron's cube on the you know front of your of your book, right? Which hopefully our listeners listeners know what that is, but it means something. It's significant. What are you finding? I mean, there's some real barriers to break down. How is your work being received? I mean, I'm very curious. I'm so glad you asked me that because one, I identify with what you just said about your, your personal experience. I found that I was splitting myself right in my my life. Um, And we talk about corporate mystic (laughs) and it's because I'm a Capricorn sun and a Pisces moon. And so I was at home doing all of these spiritual growth activities. And I was finding that they were really impacting my leadership in the workplace. But when I would go to work, I couldn't figure out a way to combine the two because I was Mm -hmm. in that competitive corporate space, quotas, answer to the shareholders, all of those things. So my answer to you would be day by day, showing up as your authentic self in any place. When I attended the Berkeley Executive Coaching Institute, that was one of my biggest breakthroughs. When I got my executive coaching certification there, it was like you can show up and be your authentic self in any space, no matter where you are. And it was like, I found my tribe values, show up and choose to be present. We're open to outcome, but we're not attached to it. We pay attention to what has heart and meaning. I was like, this is my space. And once I found other individuals that supported me, it was a lot easier. So it's sort of a complex answer because I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is you have to maintain connection. You can't be in isolation to co-regulate get support, especially if you go out on a journey like this, it's a ton of inner work and being confident in showing up as your authentic self in any space. And day by day, I'm not going to cuss on this show, but (laughs) day by day, your give a, you know what meter or your give a crap meter needs to continuously decrease as far as caring about what other people think. Um, The servant leadership is a big thing in the corporate space right now. And everyone talks about servant leadership, servant leadership. Uh, What does that really mean? So I don't think a lot of leaders really can define it for their people. But for me, I just show up to serve every day. I show up to serve your listeners today. And that's all I can do. I'm open to outcome, but I'm not attached to it. 
I don't know if that answered your question because there's a lot there, but yeah. yeah there's a lot there. Oh, and then, it does. Well, and I think, well just yeah. that showing up. Why don't we just start there? Because I, <laughs> I, I, I learned from a mentor a long time ago that having a great job and succeeding in everything for, starts with show up. Uh, and I think at the beginning, he meant show up for work, like on time, got all your stuff together and you're ready to work. But I think showing up what you're talking about is bringing your whole self to the job. I remember Kirsten, a guest a few episodes back, who was talking about, you know, all the human assets that leave every day at five down the elevator. First of all, as if they left at five. But, right. <laughs> um, but how about the people that came to work the next day and came up the elevator? You know, mm -hmm. they have families, they have interests, they have passions. And I think, Amy, then what you're describing is, are we at the place yet from your mm -hmm. point of view? Are we getting closer to the place where we can bring our whole self to the job? Yes. I just say yes, because I'm going to put it out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you're an organization that is not allowing people to bring their whole self to the job, you're going to get behind. You're going to miss out. Because when you let people be their authentic self in the workplace, innovation, creativity, all of those things start to flourish. I think Miles Downey, he wrote a, a coaching book, Effect, um, Modern Effective Coaching. I don't know if you've heard of it, but he says, we don't need efficiency in the workplace. We need crea creativity and innovation. And when you let people bring their authentic selves to the workplace, it's really powerful when you see somebody that's not afraid to be who they are psychological safety, all of those other things. Um, Dr. Rittenberg in the Berkeley Coaching Institute, he says, what are you leaving at home that you can take to work? And what are you leaving at work that you can take home? It's kind of a cool go-to to think about. Mm -hmm. mm. No, it makes mm. you think, doesn't it? And I guess, Amy Lynn, the, the bringing your whole self, you know, we, we think about like uh, racial identity or, you know, identification. We think about LGBTQ or we think about all these other maybe cultural definitions that we say, well, I want to bring my whole self to work. But it mm -hmm. really sounds like, and I don't want to assume, but what else should we be bringing to it? What else about ourselves should we be not afraid to That's bring? It's a great to question. Office? So my intuitive answer immediately is going to, you should be bringing your higher self to work. That and, and I just it hit me when you were saying all all of those the, that questions me. We should be bringing our higher self to work, and we should be practicing what that means and how we do that. It's a daily practice. It's like going to the gym and lifting weights and building your your muscles up because and that's a big part of SU twenty one knowledge of your higher self and your ego and how do you work between the two and what is the ego to you? How do you recognize when it's flaring up? There's a lot of ego in the workplace, right? That's why I went to higher self. If you're operating from a space of wisdom and that place within you that you can access, and I'm speaking to this in a faith neutral way. I think if you're agnostic or if you're atheist, you can still recognize that you have this place within you that is a place of wisdom and love and compassion that you can access when you're in a calm state or some people in a meditative state or whatever that is, creative space, painting, right? So I would say top of that pyramid again, try to bring your higher self to the space every day. Mm. Mm -hmm. The higher self is a word that Mark and I are familiar with, but for mm -hmm. our listeners, what is higher self? I have a couple ways of just personally describing it. So one is when 
like sort of like I said before, like that space where you feel like you're in the zone, like if you're painting and you sort of have lost time, you're kind of operating in your higher self space right there. I also talk a lot to my clients about the polyvagal theory, and we just use colors, red, yellow, and green. It's, it's based on neuroscience, and we recognize when we're hitting yellow, which is when we're triggered. So that's the fight, flight, or freeze moment. And then if we can take some deep breathing and start opening up the neocortex in our brain and sort of help shut that amygdala in the brain that was triggered down, we can open up more possibilities and get into that green space. Because if you're in a constant state of defensiveness or fight, flight, or freeze when you're in the workplace, you're still operating from an ego space because in the polyvagal theory, your ego is kind of there to protect you. It's not an evil thing. It's just sort of, I've experienced a threat before it's been stored in my nervous system. So even though a lion's not chasing me now, <laughs> somebody made me mad in the office and I'm, I'm, my protector shields are going up and how do I get out of this? How do I get back to green? So we just use the real simple colors, red, yellow, green, red is when you're really shut down when you're just like, I've had it. <laughs> and we all go through those, um, red, yellow, green phases throughout the day, or maybe throughout the week. But the beauty of it is in the recognition and the working to get to the green. And the faster you keep practicing that, the faster you can get back to green, which is your higher self. Mm, so. That's good. With your experience, Amy Lynn, I mean, your, your background is mobile communications. We've been in competitive markets too. And I guess it's that word that competitive that brings mm -hmm. this question up. How can you sort of now be reaching a higher self and being more mindful and aware and yet be competitive. You talk about mm -hmm. an ego. It's like companies and markets want to win, but does that come from the scarcity mentality? Does that come from an ego? Where do you think, and how do we deal with this natural competitive sense? Well, I have a very competitive nature and I've been a very competitive executive. And I don't think that it's necessarily bad. My competitive nature pivoted to, I'm going to compete and show that bringing individuals together and doing these connecting activities in the workplace actually wins and increases profit and productivity. So, I mean, you can be competitive, I guess, in a positive way where you're not pitting people against each other or causing people to operate from an ego space the whole time or maybe do things that are unethical or that hurt others, you can be competitive in a really, really productive way. And I feel like I did that at my last job. I, I planned on leaving my corporate job for a year. And when I planned on leaving it, I said, okay, I'm going to try to leave number one. And I'm going to prove that these connecting activities in the workplace actually work. Because when I leave, I'm going to mic drop it and leave number one. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't want anybody to say anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Boom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's what I did. I, I mean, we were lighting wish paper on fire after quarterly business reviews and releasing what we wanted to release in our lives during a full moon. And I was with, you know, eight other executives that were participating with this. So if you're a leader and you're the boss, just having the vulnerability to try this stuff is probably the easiest way to start. I mean, were they going to fire me for, for that? 
Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry. We don't like wish paper at this company. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so what is the adoptability? I mean, how do you see this moving through the corporate workplace? I mean, all of us, I think, you know, part of our conversation is conscious leadership. Mm -hmm. Right. Creating a new paradigm, creating the we had a a recent guest who called it the 21st century leader. Mm -hmm. And there is a new acumen that's coming up, which is this deepening of the of the self. So we can then expand into a larger collective. What is the adaptability? Where are you finding barriers and where are you finding it moving through? So where I'm finding the barriers I'm just going to say it is in the spiritual intelligence name. Like I might eat my words later, but in the workplace, HR, or they hear the word spiritual and they're, oh, you're going to start talking about religion. Like we can't do that around here. So I almost wish it had a different name because it's 21 skills that you work on to literally become a better human being that's beyond emotional intelligence. So I think the barriers are understanding that it's faith neutral. And that it is specifically designed for the workplace and it's designed for high level leadership. You know, you've mastered EQ, you've mastered emotional intelligence. You, you have some self-awareness of your emotions. Yeah. You have maybe a, a strategy when you're triggered, you can make connections with people. Okay. Now what can I make compassionate and wise decisions at all times? Can I maintain inner and outer peace regardless of the situation? That's a tall order. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that would be what, like the what, next step. Yeah. The next step. And what I what I'm present to when you move beyond these barriers within yourself, you then begin to tap into quantum realms, which is where creative thought, innovation, visions come in to create where we're going. So giving the leaders the skills to actually have a greater sense of power power, not the power over power under structure. I'm not speaking to that. I'm speaking to internal power to really have unlimited connection to a source or flow with effortless ease. That's the piece we're speaking to here and Mm -hmm. really becoming an, and that's where you tap into your extraordinary potential. Are you finding that there's a wanting to do that? I think people are starting to understand you have to go beyond now to this self-visualization to create success. You have to tap into something higher. I do think there's there's an adaptability um, within there. I think that it's bubbling up right now. And I think you can maybe feel it too. So yeah, I say I attract the people that I'm supposed to work with. So when people ask me if I get pushback, I don't know if I really get pushback because I'm only working with the people I'm attracting. Right. Fair but, enough. At the same, but at the same time, of course, like coworkers, friends from the old space that I work in that are still in that competitive environment. I, I don't get, I don't get it. Like maybe you need to lose the spiritual or the corporate mystic thing, or people are going to think this, that, or the other. Again, the give a crap meter has to go down because I intuitively feel this is like bubbling up in the workplace. And once people understand they can hit that field of possibilities that you're talking about. Um, it's going to explode. So there, I, I noticed in my SQ 21 certification that there's, there's a handful of coaches in the world and I'm now one of them, but I hope it grows because once you unlock these possibilities, it's huge. 
Yeah. So huge. Well, Amy Lim, we want to continue the conversation in just a second. I want to talk to you about uh, this SQ21. But uh, first, uh, just for a moment, Kirsten, I'm reminded that you'd like to continue this conversation after the podcast. And you're hosting uh, some Soul Tea conversations every other Friday. Tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll come back to Amy Lynn. Oh, I'm so glad you asked about that, Mark. So every other Friday, we have a peer-to-peer discussion where we pick a topic that is to support you on your soul's journey and your soul's evolution and your own expansion, but also begin to create community with like-souled individuals. It really helps to have people who are in the same conversation on the same path and have the same development. So this is just a free tea. All you have to do is sign up on my website, www.pureintellikey.com, and you will receive the Zoom code. It's, you know, we do it on Zoom every other Friday. And truly, it's we've had extraordinary, deep, vulnerable, rich conversations. So we, the group, the community can begin to explore their own expansion in a safe environment. And I think that's the kind of forum, Amy Lynn, you're describing. So I just wanted to remind listeners, so you can go to the website, pureintellikey.com, sign up for those teas every other Friday. So getting back, our guest is Amy Lynn Durham. She is the corporate mystic and author of Create Magic at Work. So Amy Lynn, we've referenced this SQ21, and even I was mentioning to you, I thought 21 uh, coincidentally is the year, but it doesn't refer to the year at all, right? There's 21 skills or attributes of this spiritual intelligence. So I wonder if you could just give us an overview of what SQ21 really means. Yeah, so it's designed by Cindy Wigglesworth. She's a former HR executive for Exxon. She worked on it for about 10 years with Gallup and a bunch of other people with Deep Change Inc. And it's sort of the next step from emotional intelligence. And the first quadrant is your higher self and ego awareness. The second one is universal awareness. The third one is self-mastery. And then the fourth one is uh, social mastery. And then the 21 skills are broken up into those four quadrants. And when you take the assessment, it sort of gives you your skill level on each of the 21. So for example, (laughs) I didn't score as high as I would have liked on being a common healing presence. And what I love about the 21 skills of SQ21 is one is gives you tangible things to work on. So it sort of grounds it down. And then two, you can pick a skill literally you could work on your entire life for a week, for a year. Um, It's sort of a journey you can take with you for a long time. For 2021, I decided I'm going to work on being a common healing presence a little bit more because I can get really (laughs) feisty. (laughs) And then once you decide to work on a skill, the universe starts rising up and giving you uh, opportunities (laughs) <laughs> to practice being a common healing presence. I didn't factor uh, I see that part you, in. I see what you mean. <laughs> no, I was like, I yeah. didn't. Oh, you're uh, working on this? Here's a chance. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I didn't plan for that. <laughs> but that. what we say in the spiritual intelligence space is when that happens, you know, thank you for the lesson. Thank you for the lesson. I'm grateful for the lesson. Sometimes it's really hard to say that uh, when you're triggered, but yeah, I've been working on that. That's one of the skills. And then I have a membership group um, and we're working on making compassionate and wise decisions. When I started doing SQ21 debriefs with leaders, I was really, I don't want to say shocked, but I, I was very curious about the fact that that one skill, uh, I believe it's skill 19, making compassionate and wise decisions. 
the leaders I was working with were scoring not as high as they would have liked in that skill. And so it became a deep discussion as to what can we do um, to release judgment of others, to stay curious and not write stories in our heads that might not be true. And so our membership group was working on that activity this month. We're, do, we're doing an activity of, of, with compassion where we envision someone at work that first, that we really enjoy working with. And then we say a series of things, you know, just like me, this person is seeking love. Just like me, this person is trying to avoid pain. And we just envision that person the whole time. But then we take it all the way to a person that we really don't like or that we think might be undermining us in the workplace or maybe even seeking to harm us if someone is in that space. And we sit and we say those same things about them and envision them. And it sort of skill builds that making compassion and wise decision space. Get you in your higher self. And it seems to be connected to this, bring your whole self to work too, because if you do and you're being judged or you're being prejudged even, you know, before you really know the person, there is that fear, isn't there? One of the biggest coaching, I don't want to say I give advice as a coach because I, I really try not to, but one of the things I offer is to my clients is to stay curious. I had a client that said, oh, this, you know, everyone's dealing with the stress from COVID and this individual canceled. Um, they were supposed to do a project and they canceled it two days before and they didn't turn any, any of the work and all the work got dumped on these other two individuals. And I mean, the person that the work got dumped on was really upset. How could somebody do this two days before? And so that was a huge coaching moment on staying curious and rewriting the story. If you were in that person's shoes, what do you think might have happened in their life that caused them to have this? Stay curious, rewrite the story that's in your mind that you've made up. So we practice that a lot too. I do want to well say said. one more thing um, in regards to the staying curious and the judging, like you were talking about, Mark. I offer, I don't know if, have you heard of the Moses code? No. So <laughs> it's really cool. It's on, you can catch it on YouTube, the video, but what they say with the Moses code is, that the Bible was not interpreted correctly. And then when God said, I am that I am, that the comma was in the wrong place and that he was saying, I am that comma, I am. So it's sort of a nod to, we are all one. Mm. And so I also offer my clients to, when they're driving down the street, it's a practice. It's in the, it's in the video. You point to every person you see and you say, I am that I am, I am that. I am. And you just, it, you just do it all day. And it, it's so powerful because I get chills when I talk about it because you start realizing how we're all connected when you do it. And it's simple. Another thing you can do to skill build that they, <laughs> there's an example where, you know, somebody is at the grocery store and they have more items in the self in the checkout or the fast <laughs> checkout than they're supposed to have, or they have 11 instead of 10 or whatever it is. And maybe they're, holding you up because they're taking a long time paying or writing a check or whatever. And just this person, you know, change the story, put yourself in their shoes. Maybe they didn't see the sign. Maybe they have someone sick at home that they have to rush to little things like that um, can help you build that skill. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. These are so practical. And Kirsten, I think back mm -hmm. to a comment that you made that we talk about large, big overarching spiritual practices but here's mm -hmm. something you're driving down the street and you say, I can relate to this person. You know, it really yeah. does bring it home, doesn't it? 
It does. It, it deepens that to, you know, Amy Lynn's point, it deepens that beautiful interconnectedness, that web that we all live within, and it brings it into awareness. And it also makes it tangible, right? We often forget because we're so siloed. We have these constructs that we've developed these silos through TV, through gaming, even through our own inoculation, right? Like just staying to ourselves in our neighborhood. So I, I love that. It does bring forward that presence and connection. It's yeah. actually, it's uh, the awareness of the interconnectedness of life is another, it's skill number six in uh, SQ21 that you can assess too. So it's yeah, really cool. Yeah. Can't wait to read more about this. Well, Amy Lynn, uh, before I ask you the final question, tell us where we could connect with you and learn more about you and your book and your work. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to be a magic maker, you can go to createmagicatwork.net. And if you're interested in how you would rank or score on the SQ21 assessment, you can reach out to me there. I'm happy to help with it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Kirsten, you observed that there's a illustration, a schematic, a diagram on the cover <laughs> of Amy Lynn's book, Create Magic at Work. And you two know what that is and what it means. Bring, bring me into the story. What is that? <laughs> Go ahead, Amy Lynn. It's I all yours. I kind of want to hear Kirsten's take first, but I'll share. So Metatron's cube is a sacred geometric symbol. And I chose it because part of what it means is to replace negative thinking with positive thinking, just in that simple way. And that was why I chose to have that on the cover. Hmm. Beautiful. And I'll just add a little bit of, um, a little bit to that. The sacred geometry does move through everything in physics, right? quantum, it works within our quantum theory, but the Metatron's cube in particular also incorporates all forms of creation. So it can overlay into all forms of creation and it also holds the tree of life and it holds the Kabbalah fields of the energy. So it is when you look at almost everything, well, actually look at everything in our physical presence, you could overlay the essence of Metatron's cube. That's uh, so really interesting. Cool. <laughs> that really does. That symbol embodies a lot of what we've been talking about today. Really appreciate you sharing that. And, well, and by the way, yeah. it's one of Jenny's favorites. Just saying. Well, okay. <laughs> that's my that's my wife, Amy Lynn. And uh, she Perfect. also has come up in uh, 64 episodes. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jenny has, I, I just, I'm going to give my dear friend a little plug here because Jenny does have a large commitment to healing the world and she has um, the peace room. And Mark, do we know her website? We'll give her a little plug in here too. Yeah, it's, it's thepeaceroom.love. Dot love. Yes. So yes. anybody seeking, she's um, a Reiki master and teacher, but also really committed to the well-being of people, plants, and animals yeah. and the earth. Yeah. Well, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Amy Lynn Durham. And this idea of becoming a magic maker. I mean, what what is better than aspiring to make magic at work. I mean, I've always thought that if you can come to work excited, wanting to create and uh, innovate and solve problems and have fun, then that would be a magical place to work. Very soon, I'm sure we'll all be back into our workplaces, wherever they might be, real and virtual, and we want to achieve that. So Amy Lynn, thanks for encouraging us and giving us some tools. I do plan to follow up on this SQ21 myself and see where we stand. Awesome. Yay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm, fantastic. 
And listeners, be sure to come back for our next episode. We'll continue these conversations about not only how to reach our goals at work, our objectives and our KPIs, but also how to continue to pursue and elevate to a true human potential, making true personal connections and achieving our full entelechy. And that's what our podcast is all about. Kirsten, thanks for a great program. Hope everyone can join Kirsten on one of her uh, upcoming Soul Tea conversations. And we'll see you at our next episode. For Kirsten Goldie, I'm Mark Stenson for IntelliKey Leadership Stories. You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. On behalf of your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stinson. Thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. If you like IntelliKey Leadership Stories, I want to tell you about another podcast I host called Unlocking Your World of Creativity. Each episode features an expert from somewhere around the globe that tells us about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and how they gain the confidence and connections to get their work out into the world. From singer-songwriters to entrepreneurs, on topics like data analytics to hotel management, we talk to experts from Milan and Oslo, Buenos Aires and Los Angeles, all over the globe to bring you the best ideas and inspiring your creative thinking. You can find Unlocking Your World of Creativity wherever you listen to podcasts.